It is Packers quarterback and NFLPA rep Aaron Rodgers on Wildy and Tausch. Hey, man, what's up? Hey, buddy. Thanks for that uh, great intro. <laughs> hey, can we just uh, – you? Let, let's be honest. You're not down at a carousel trying to get bags. Can we make sure that that's – no, Jason's sitting here saying he's waiting for his bags. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not how this works at all, boy. Uh, no, I, I did not uh, did not text that. I did not say that's what I was doing. Okay. I, I just wanted to clear that up. All right. So we're all in the same place. I said, I said you I, might be. I, 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 I did, but. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Aaron, I want to get right into it. Uh, the executive committee uh, for the NFLPA voted against this deal, right? And now, how did this whole thing unfold, and how did we get to this point where it is now the 2,500 members, active members, get to vote a straight-up 50 you know, fifty percent, whatever it is? If it's one vote more, this thing gets passed. How did this thing play out? Well, I think how it played out was that the PA came around during the season and and in the off season last year and, and kind of gauged the interest on where people at, what they wanted, what was negotiable, what was non-negotiable. And then during the season, there were a lot of no- negotiations that were going on. Now, during that negotiation, I don't know if there was any current players on the EC involved in those ne- negotiations. So somehow from the meetings where no one wanted 17 games to negotiation, 17 games got in there. And by the time I was involved, you know, in the meeting uh, in Indy, uh, there wasn't any movement uh, opportunities on the owners for 17 games, and that's when I realized that we were definitely up against it. Um, you know, there's been a lot said about it. Obviously, I've uh, posted about it. Other guys have posted about it. Uh, there are a number of good things in there. But my problem rests in non-negotiables, and I don't understand how the kind of the starting point was a 50-50 split in 16 games. Um, you know, that's that's where the frustration, I think, comes in. So how did it get to where you, we've heard all about? I don't think fans really want wanted the 17th game. We've seen a bunch of different polls out there that that wasn't the issue. Obviously, the owners did, players didn't. How did it get to the point where this was a non-negotiable uh, and this was going to be baked into whatever the next CBA is going to look like? Well, I think that's the crazy thing about it is 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 that that was negotiated. Um, you know, and say loosely uh, in quotations on our behalf. Um, and as I said in my post, uh, it, you know, it was told to us that the 17th game was to pay for the quote benefits that uh, the owners were giving up in the new part of the CBA. Now, being a traditionalist, and I've obviously been on with you guys many times, um, I am a, a traditionalist and. 32 teams, 16 games. It just sounds sounds right to me. I don't understand how, you know, maybe 16 games and two bye weeks didn't get in the mix. That to me seems like a, a fair compromise because you're still getting 18 weeks of football, but you're not adding the extra stress. I think we all realized in this meeting, um, you know, player safety wasn't exactly high on the on the owners, uh, you know, thought process. It was, uh, you know, the extra extra revenue, but. Um, if you look at the deal, you know, the players still be at 47% in the first year. There are some 
you know, ups and minimums, but um, I just feel like, and like I finished, you know, my, my long tweet with, you know, when you know what your, your value is, you, you know, for less than your worth. And I just feel like we haven't uh, negotiated based on our value, which is that we are the product on the field. Um, there was a lot of fear involved in, uh, in the negotiation and in talking about the, what was negotiated, the proposal and, um, you know, it's it's a weird society now. It's it's a weird situation that we're in. I think I think a lot of people would rather just be told what to think instead of critically think for themselves. And there's been some great articles about there. J.C. Trotter put together a great um, kind of checklist on the truths about the proposal. And I, I don't I don't see how you can look at that objectively and say. Yeah, this is what we're worth. This is uh, this is good enough. I've never thought that good enough sh- should be a, a part of uh, negotiations. It should be what's our value. Let's rest on that and let's come to an agreement with the owners that's beneficial for both sides. Um, and and then let's put together a CB. I don't understand ten years either in a deal either. That to me in this landscape, I, I use the example of uh, of Augusta National. And the Masters, they do one-year contracts because every year they look at the landscape of uh, how people are consuming um, content and they adjust accordingly. And I think as you've seen over the years, as, you know, basic cable packages are less and less, you know, a part of everybody's life. Everybody has, you know, uh, Netflix and Disney Plus and Hulu and Fa and there's all these different streaming services now. There's going to be different ways people are consuming this content. I think, I think uh, a ten-year deal doesn't really, uh, although it locks us in, you know, that they would, you know, the positives spin that they've been saying is it locks us in to allow for, you know, media contracts that are coming up to be renegotiated. But again, I don't. I don't feel like uh, this is uh, a negotiation that that the player is going to look at, and, and when I'm done playing, and then go, man, I'm so glad that this was this is what we what we decided on. Talking with Aaron Rodgers on Wildy and Tush in, on Wildy and Tausch. Um, we get a new Tush. Tushy, yeah. Tushy. Um, Aaron, you were in the room where it happened in Indianapolis. I understand that. You also have a different perspective because you are a minority owner in an NBA franchise. You have seen the partnership between NBA owners and the players. My question is, it seems as if this deal has managed to drive a wedge between veteran higher-end players and the guys that want to make an extra $100,000 next season because they don't know how many next seasons they have ahead of them is that a fair characterization to what to the way some of the some of the players have been pitted against themselves with this deal well i think unfortunately that's that's the the messaging that's that uh that's been put out there um is it's been a lot of fear-based about what if we don't sign this and what happens do we play under this contract and then is there some sort of strike and then what happens is there enough money for guys if there's a strike I think, you know, first of all, with, with the minimums, you know, playing the 17th game and having the 117th, the actual raise in your salary, uh, to me, becomes a lot more nominal when you're talking about another 6.7% of your salary 
your base minimum salary, and then you look at what the minimums would be, um, and then you factor in the highest tax bracket. I mean, we're talking about less than $30,000 by my, you know, quick calculations in uh, adjusted money. Is that what, is that, and that's the question I would ask, is that what your your value is worth, another $30,000 um, against uh, a deal that might not set everybody else else up down the line, you know, to be in a better situation. I think, you know, yeah, there's been a lot of talk about, oh, you, you know, you're a top money maker and you're out of touch with the, the young guys. I would say that for all of us, this is a, a legacy deal that, you know, for the majority of players playing today will not see the end of the CBA. They won't. I, I, I won't. A lot of first year and second year players won't because the average life lifetime. So if it's just a money grab for you, I think that says a lot more about where you're at uh, than where I'm at, because um, as much as there are some provisions in there about uh, taking care of former players and this VA style, you know, hospital setup. Although we know kind of what the VA is, and it hasn't always had the greatest oversight or funding. Um, you know, there are some good provisions in there, but but to me, you know, uh, to to focus on a training camp that's already, you know, way less than what Tausch and I went through over the years as far as the difficulty, um, you know, the marijuana testing, like to hang our hats on some of these things that to the owners are, are nothing. Uh, to me, I think lessons, again, lessons are our value. And, and I think, you know, we should have stood firmer on uh, revenue and, you know, player safety. Um Instead of, you know, trying to get some of these concessions where, you know, we don't have, again, we don't have a lifetime outcome. I've seen a lot of former players talking about that. Um, I don't know. That that obviously wasn't one of the main things negotiated. It was, you know, the only player safety was this, you know, cut back and padded practice and training camp. And I'm thinking to myself, training camp is already way, I mean, there's no double days. You know, and there's time caps and stuff. Those are fine. Um, but, you know, if you want to do a 17th game, my point was, and Vinatieri and, and Sherm and some of these guys was, well, then let's cut back some of the offseason responsibilities from, uh, especially for veteran players. Um, if you're going to lengthen a season, I talked about as well the difference in uh, now you're obviously adding an extra week between, you know, the beginning of the season and the bye week and then post-bye week, you know, having a longer stretch now, the 2C doesn't get a, doesn't get a bye in this proposal as well. So, um I think some of the gains we've made on player safety, uh, we take a step back um, if if this gets ratified and goes through and, and there's 17 games and another weekend game and wild card weekend and we didn't adjust any of the playoff pay, which is already significantly less than regular season pay. So I really don't understand uh, the major, major points that, uh, that people are trying to sell this to because the deal that Tausch, you and I played in under um, – with the late Gene Upshaw, obviously that was a more favorable deal for the players. Um, this seems to be, again, it's a, maybe a slight step up from the last deal, but the last deal was significantly less than what we played under when I first got in the league. So, Aaron, if they come to you and say, you know, this doesn't get passed, somehow it gets voted down by the by the membership, if the executive committee comes to you and says, Aaron, what do you want us to ask for? What are you telling them? Well, I don't think they will. I really don't. I think... Um, you know, my involvement was uh, was more under the uh, 
the show pony guys. You know, just bring in the, you know, the the guy with a name who's going to be in the room. I don't think they realized uh, maybe my ability to to speak in those environments and to and and what I really was passionate about. But um, but no, I think the the talk has has got this far with these negotiations. Um, you know, the fact that, again, if I go back to the 17th game, the fact that that even got in there when the guys I've talked to around the league, every meeting that was had before these negotiations really got amped up, nobody wanted 17 games. So we're, a lot of us are wondering how the hell that even got into the conversation because nobody wanted it. So at this point, you know, I don't know, I don't know where you go uh, from that standpoint. But, again, I think... I think hard lines is taking care of former players for sure is a revenue split that's equal and not adding greater player risks with, with extra games. Um, to me, those would be the most important things. So, uh, so with adding the 17th game, you were hoping probably like, I think a lot of former players were, Lifetime medical and 50-50, right? That's kind of the 50-50 split. Because do you look at this from a player standpoint and an owner standpoint as a partnership, or is it more players as a commodity and the owners just run the show? Well, I think we know the answer to that one, Mark, and it was made pretty clear in that meeting. Um, but the, the point that I was trying to make in that meeting and, in the, you know, and, and as we talked to the PA afterwards was, tell me what I can go back and tell my veteran players what are we what are we getting in return for the seventeenth game? And to me it just wasn't substantial enough to, to go back and tell those young players and older players, hey look, this is this is what you're gonna be getting. Um as we got into the process, you know, in India, like I did I realized we're so far along. Like the owners had already voted on this and not and they weren't unanimous in, in approving it, but they, they weren't willing they, there was no more negotiations. It was this is the deal, take it or leave it. So in the moment you know, talking with Vinatieri and and Richard Sherman and Russell Kung and Wesley Woodyard and some of these guys are in the room. You know, we try to say, all right, well, if you if seventeen is non-negotiable and all these other things non-negotiable, then wh- what other areas is there movement? And they're really the one seventeenth extra because they tried to cap the you know the the two fifty for the seventeenth game, which is again another bizarre point that would even how that even got in there. Um, that that thing was a was a nothing for the owners because the money in the proposal just comes out of the players' side anyway. So it's not like it's an extra cost for them, which again is a point that needs to be made. Um, that that's that was a nothing for them. And, and my point was, I have twelve guys in the squad uh, who are making more than that four million dollar number. What do I tell those other eleven guys that you're playing the seventeenth game for uh, significantly less than? Then your weekly uh, your weekly check. I mean, you know, and at the same time, oh, by the way, there's an extra game. There's not another bye week. There's not lifetime medical, you know, that some of these other sports have. So that's for me what I was like. Well, you know, I don't really know what to tell these guys and the young guys. You know, it's in in the room uh, as player reps and across the league. You know, might just look at us and go, oh, my, you know, my minimum's going up to this. And, yeah, sure, I'll sign that. But, but and again, that's what I think is one of the issues with with uh, these negotiations and with society in general, there's not a lot of critical thinking going on. You know, there was a ton of information out there. I sent out uh, a large email, and, you know, you email 73 guys, 
Uh, how many responses do you think you're getting back on, on this, you know, 2,000 word email that goes out? You'd be really disappointed to hear the, the actual answer, but it's, it's just, that's, that's the problem is, is, you know, I think we just haven't had a chance to look at this critically and, and it's kind of been pushed through, pushed through, pushed through, pushed through. And got, and there's just like, you know bullet point highlights again in quotations with this deal that's like well no that's not the that's not the whole deal and and also understand what you're signing and and what what this means for the future of this game um, I just I'd like to hit the pause button but I'm not sure if that's even going to be a possibility here we'll find out in a few days uh, if this goes through or not well how do you think your team is going to vote. If you're just splitting up the Packers, you think it's fifty-fifty, or where do you see it coming? Mark, I don't know. I mean, I like I said, I sent out a you know a number of messages on Teamworks, which is the app that we use to keep in touch during the season and figure out our schedule. We're all on that. I sent out an email to to every player based on the email list I got from our player development guy, and got next to no responses. So I don't know. I don't know if guys look at it. If guys are interested in that. If you know, like I said, that's probably the most disheartening thing is this is a wow. uh, society we live in now that's so distracted by the swiping world of uh, apps and social media. Like, I don't know, do guys really care about this stuff? And, and and unfortunately, or fortunately, however you look at it, for the people wanting to push this deal through so badly, um, that's kind of a win because nobody's critically looking at this or thinking about it. They're just like, oh, what's my money? What's my salary going to be? Oh, okay, cool. Not like, hey, are we taking care of former players? Hey, what kind of uh, you know additional player risk are we taking on? What are we getting in return for that? And that's kind of the the issue that I've had. And I've had some great talks with guys across the league. I, I mean, I saw Ryan Fitzpatrick's comments. We had a long conversation on the phone about this. I respect his opinion. I, I, he's critically looked at it and, and thought about it. I don't agree with him voting yes on it, but I respect uh, the heck out of him and the conversation we've had. But I don't think there's been enough of those conversations, um, because to me, it, it a non-starter, like I said in my te- in my tweet, is 17 games because nobody wanted that. And what are you giving us back with this? To me, it's not anywhere near where it needs to be in order to take on that additional risk for uh, for my teammates, and that's why. You know, on behalf of my teammates in that meeting, I had to vote no. Talking with Aaron Rodgers on Wilde and Tausch. Aaron, before we uh, pivot on anything else, is there anything else on the CBA that you want to get off your chest? No. No, I don't think so. I think, you know, I'll just finish with this. You know, I think the timing is very interesting. There, There was conversation there about wanting to – either get a deal done or not get a deal done before the, the tag deadline. Obviously, we have free agency coming up, and there was, I think, some, some concern about, uh, you know, the number of tags that were going to be available um, in a new proposal or not. Um, but to do this now during the off season without being able to get in front of all the guys, because, you know, I know guys are traveling and got stuff going on, and I do myself, but, uh, you know, I don't know about most people, you know, the 20-somethings, but my email is on my phone, and I look at it every single day, and I, you know, uh, keep in touch with people, you know, that way, like, you know, normal, I am, to, to me, it seems normal folks do, and, and the disheartening thing for people who don't think this deal is, is where it should be is that there's just not a chance to get in front of all these guys with the information that uh, 
that I think is important to make an educated decision on whether or not you uh, you want to approve this. Well, Aaron, do you think, and this always comes back to leverage, right? And the owners are always going to have leverage over the players because there might be guys like you and there's a bunch of guys that have five, six-year careers with money put away, but asking guys to sit out and miss a full year of checks, isn't that the only way to ever change this narrative? I think that's an interesting point, Mark. And I I was trying to, you know, in, in conversations with some of the some of the guys who are kind of on the same page, um, I don't see it as a huge uh, leverage swing in their favor. Um, and I think, you know, the, the most important thing is, is the, the product. You know, the product is, a, is obviously a, a talented one. Uh, it's, you know, every year we have, I think, 18 of the 20 top-rated um, programs from the year, obviously, the Super Bowl popularity. Um, we don't have an issue with, with ratings, um, we are the product. Uh, we have that, uh, you know, obviously that leverage. Um, the, you know, the willingness, I think, is, is what you're talking about, the willingness to, to step into our power and to realize it and to stand firm on things is, you know, the biggest worry for uh, someone who doesn't believe this is good enough. Our guy is going to be willing to stand firm and to stand together and if there was a strike to not cry across a picket line um you know there's a lot of talk about oh in 87 you know guys crossed the line and the big you know big name guys um i think the you know the the atmosphere the the culture is way different now which would allow i think more people to uh to have that strength but at the same time it comes down to dollars and and are guys willing to stand strong and stick together, or or would people say, "No, man, I need to get paid"? But what they don't understand is that there'd be an imposal of uh, uh, a deal if it got to that point that was obviously far less than than the proposals on the table now. Um, but you saw what happened with baseball, and obviously that was tough, tough, and you know, in the ninety or the ninety four, I think, but. They've been in a pretty, pretty good place since then. There was obviously a strike short in, in the NBA after I think it was the after MJ retired. They had a fifty game season. Um, they've been in a pretty good place uh, since that. But it, it takes stepping into your power, and, and I don't know if if guys would be willing to to do that. Because uh, I mean, shoot, I don't know if they're even willing to read an email about uh, you know the details of a deal at this point. Aaron, two quick football questions for you before we let you go. One, um, it doesn't look like Jimmy Graham's going to be back. Um, Goody has talked about how he plans on adding to the wide receiver position. He's been very open about that. What are you expecting in terms of how different the cast of characters you could be throwing to will be in 2020? Well, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sure what what they uh are thinking at this point, I know there's been a lot of conversations and, and I've seen a couple of mock drafts that have us taking receivers in the first round, which obviously would be a first, uh, for the last, uh, you know, for my time in green Bay, which would be, uh, which would be interesting. I know it's a really deep receiver class. Um, but I, I trust, uh, I trust Brian and the staff. He's done a, a heck of a job. I mean, the additions we made last year and we had, you know, some great talks afterwards about, about uh, those guys, even before I got to meet them, and, and 
um, and see how dynamic the personalities were. And obviously the production was, was really important. Um, so, you know, I know we have uh, a little less room than we had last year, uh, cap wise, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that Brian's going to, uh, put together the best squad that he can based on, uh, on the cap. And obviously there's some important decisions to make with guys who are currently under contract. Um, but I feel really good about, uh, about where we're at. Obviously we're, we're in the mix. We're, competitive we have a chance to win it uh, the windows open so that's all really exciting stuff um, but I'm sure there'll be some some changes and then who knows I mean Brian is uh, obviously was very aggressive last year in free agency and, and did a you know hit on a bunch and I'm sure he's got his eyes on some on some folks that he wants to bring in and I look forward to seeing what that looks like next week um, what if it's a quarterback? You know, your good buddy Bob Domofsky, we talked uh, with Goody for a while, and he said that if the guy, if the right guy is there, he would pick a quarterback. And Bob said, you know, do you really want to piss off Aaron Rodgers? And he said he doesn't think you would be pissed. So if they were to pick a quarterback on the first two days, how would you feel? Well, look, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a realist. I know where... You know, where we're at uh, as an organization and where I'm at in my career, I still feel like I got a ton of years left playing at a high level. Um, I'm confident enough. I've I've always felt like it doesn't matter who you bring in, they're not going to be able to uh, to beat me out anytime soon. So um, I feel really confident about my abilities and my place. And um, you know, we've drafted guys over the years. I mean, my first year starting, we drafted uh, two quarterbacks in 2008. Uh, we drafted various guys over the years, um, but understand the business and the nature of it. Obviously, love to bring guys in who are going to be able to play and compete right away. But I understand it's a business, and um, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't have a problem. All right, Aaron. Sources close to said you've made a little change with your putting grip. You're going to a claw. Is that accurate? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the best part of your game was your putting. It is, yeah. I, I tinker every now and then. You know, I'm just looking for that extra advantage. I saw Phil doing it. You know, Phil, bombs and draining putts. So you don't have yeah, his good flop. Enough for Phil. We got similar calf size too. So I, you know, like, you both got big right. calves, but you don't have his flop game. I don't. I really don't. But neither do you. Um, well, that <laughs> remains to be seen. You haven't seen my 64-degree wedge in a while. so You got the alien wedge? Uh, I do, yeah. So before you go, yes or no, pass. Does this thing pass through the CBA? Is it going to pass league-wide? I don't know. I really don't. I've, I've been talking with some guys, uh, obviously, the last couple weeks. And the interesting thing, and I go back to, you know, this, uh, you know, talking about the communication I've had with my own squad. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's 2,500. I mean, I thought it was more like 2,000 guys who kind of get in this email. Um, I don't know how many people actually vote. And it doesn't have to be ratified by a, a greater number, like 50% of the total number of people who get the email and the voting opportunity. It's just 50% of the guys who actually vote. So it'll be interesting to see the numbers on who actually votes. Um, I know there's, you know, a lot of us who have uh, and or will uh, vote no on this and believe that there's uh, a better deal to be made. But I know there's guys who uh, who want to do it and see the minimum jump and and are okay with, uh, you know, 17 games, which, again, I don't 
have a uh, I don't relate to that, but I understand there are some good things in it. Um, I really don't. I don't have a feeling. Um, I I I thought you know in the as we voted, you know, post the meeting with the owners, I was looking around the room, kind of counting up the the nose, and I thought we were going to be at seven or eight, and it was basically fifteen because the one uh, abstain vote was a no vote. Um, so I was I was surprised it was fifteen. So I think I think it's going to be a lot closer than than people think. Obviously, you know, uh, Eric Winston and and Lee Smith are you know gung ho trying to push this thing forward. Which again, I don't quite understand the uh, necessity for speed and pushing this through and uh, information that's being put out there. But um, I do think uh, I think it's going to be a close vote, uh, and uh, hopefully. Hopefully we make it public. Aaron, thanks for making time for us. I'm glad everything worked out at uh, baggage claim for you. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. I'm just about to jump in my uh, <laughs> my Chevy Malibu rental car here. <laughs> that is Aaron Rodgers, the Packers quarterback and NFL PA rep. That does it for us. It's Wilde and Tausch. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Have a great day. Take care. Be good.